listening to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this pod, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host Fiona Lamb and I'm joined by... Emma Phillips and Nat Morgan. Oh, that's a very short team list, isn't it? So we've got Tracy Kick out with... Uh, Softness. A <laughs> couple have been benched. <laughs> and Kiwi out with a, a coaching <laughs> a coaching injury in Melbourne. Okay, it's time for the warm-up. <whistles> Nat, I understand you have some acknowledgements to make on the socials. I do. Like, we've had a bit of feedback this week, which is nice after our first live show. So I thought we'd acknowledge them and give them a bit of a shout out. Uh, We're happy to have some feedback. And uh, we've got a couple here. One was, um, they're a bit mixed. (laughs) This one is much better than expected. The fridge fridge song was good. And that's why Woden hair reference was a highlight. And that was from Sal E. Ann of Leichhardt. So thanks, Sal, for thanks, that. Thanks, Sal. And uh, then there was one, uh, Loosen Up Girls, and that was from Jewels of Coogee. So, and we were we were a bit stiff to begin with, but we got into it. You know, t- deadlines and live show, you know. But yeah. look at us already. We're in oh, the flow of things. Yeah, Here we are. And the Loose. final one I want to give a shout-out to, it says, um, I listened to the first broadcast and it sounded really good. New teams, new players, old players, new clubs. It should be a great year. And that was Love Mum. Joan Morgan of Forest Hill. <laughs> I was going to say you're making these up, Nat. But no, no, they're all real. Some maybe not through the socials, maybe my emails. But, um, yeah, excellent. People well, are listening. I've got a late comment here from uh, Tracy Kick of Coaldale. And she says, I'm not soft, Nettie. <laughs> I do like the live tweet coming through. Keep it up, girls. She said, she, was, toes. she said she was tuning in with her tissue box. I'd like to see that. <laughs> Good work. All. Send us a photo, uh, Trace. All right. It's time for the ball up. Let's talk about that Giants game. M, uh-huh, start that Giants us off. Game. Yes, I did head out in the extreme wet conditions to see the Giants play Gold Coast. Obviously, Gold Coast in their first appearance. Now, the Giants were... Uh, I think troubled, particularly in the early part of the game, by a Gold Coast outfit that maybe came at them in a way they didn't expect. You know, they were quite hard at it, the Gold Coast team. Giants got up by one point, scores nine to eight. Um, very low scoring, but look really, you know, exceptionally trying conditions, I think. Um, some uh, notables, I think, Beck Privatelli missed a goal from, what was it, Nat? 15 metres out, perhaps, very Two early inches. on. <laughs> but it was the not, match winning not score. As forgiving. So Beck all's not lost. It was the match winning score, wasn't it? Yeah, it she, indeed. Yep. Yep. Now um look Beck looking extremely fit and, you know, really ready to go. She, her her um work off the footy and, and you know, moving around the ground, getting rid of opponents was I think second to none and she had a lot of touches up the field and then, you know, strong marking along the forward line. Um also obviously <clears throat> excuse me, um Alicia Eva, as captain, had a really good one. Elise Parker was a standout for them. Um, loads of tackles in and under. I think Cora Staunton got mentioned in their best as well. Uh, Nat always has something to say about Cora. Cora's my mate. I've interviewed her in my <laughs> chat with Nat. And, uh, look, I'm always hard on Cora because I know she always gives 100%. And, you know, sometimes she even gives more. She um, she ran and ran and ran. Um, my highlights, though, were Jess Allen in the ruck, 
if she couldn't take the mark, she was smashing the pack. I loved that. And a shout out to Hanine Sarika in a long sleeve jersey. Mm. Love a long sleeve jersey. She's a girl after my own heart. Great, great to see her in round one. Yep. The other one to mention, I think, is probably Jess Delpos, who's played a lot of time in the midfield, a very classy player, and she's got a new role across halfback this year and delivered. I don't think her possessions were super high, but for a defender, you know, every kick was class, and particularly in those conditions. So, you know, great for the Giants to have that. When they're playing with a bar of soap. Oh, totally. You know, I think it, it it was a hard game to watch in so many ways, but look, even chess marks are dropping because slippery ball. Yeah, a new ball every quarter, is that right? Do I we do that so, in the women's? Right. Have we got that many balls available in the supplies? <laughs> like, I'm not sure. We've got lots of balls. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it <laughs> didn't stop lots. raining, did it? No. Emma, like, no. We, you were the only one out there, but a good crowd still rocked up. For 1,500, I think, which, yeah, I think is a good crowd, considering it really was, you know, quite awful weather-wise. Um, and that's where the cameras are, peeps. So if you couldn't mm. see people, that's because they were behind the cameras. Yeah. That's right. Um, they now, were there. <laughs> the, there's a, a couple of standout. Now, we all know that I love the stats, of course. Now, the Giants won pretty well all the stats, I think, except for tackles. Um, but they notable stat for me was that they had 26 inside 50s to eight, but very little conversion. Now, again, we've got to consider the conditions, but mm. 26 to eight inside 50s and couldn't convert beyond nine points. Now, that I think is a concern. And also for me, you know, classy midfield, of course, but they couldn't get a whole lot of connection between the midfield and the forwards. So I'll put it out to you guys on that one. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh again because the rain, slippery bar of soap, you know. Mm. But yeah. food for thought. The only, um, probably two things. One, that low score. Does a tight game make a good game? Or you yes. were there. Did you feel excitement and atmosphere despite the fact there weren't many goals scored? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and look, a really strong crowd too that was into it from start to finish. So, yeah, big atmosphere. Yeah. And the other one, Alicia Eva, captain of the club, <laughs> not the knowing story, that they had won or that they were in front really for the last five, six minutes. Like she was trying to play on and get the ball moving when – Oh, she didn't realise? She didn't realise. Oh, right. I'm, I'm, one, I was surprised by that. Uh, that an experienced player wasn't aware of the score and yeah. two, that she admitted to it on live TV afterwards. <laughs> I don't know what's the biggest error. Um, yeah, I was I was surprised mm. by that. What about yourselves? Look, I'm inclined to agree, but I think the photo that you posted on Instagram, Nat, of Alicia and Lou arm in arm after the game with that relief on their faces, yeah. no doubt for the win. Yeah. You know, first round win is great and to get through that sort of tough, tough match. Um, and then maybe Alicia to go, oh God, I thought we were down. And oh, we're no, actually she's up, almost being know. held up, it's a great wasn't photo. she, Alicia? Yeah, my mates, Narelle Spanger, she uh, p- posted yeah. that photo for us. Thanks, uh, Spanger. Put on your Spangs. Now you're all going to have to go to our Instagram page and have a look. And like it. <laughs> so uh, just to wrap up, I really like Brandon Jack's article. Um, he talked about going with mates to see footy and really enjoying it. Um, and they had a sign because they, they – Copped a squat, if you like, and uh, called it the the main bar, B A R R. Nice play on words. No, it was yeah, excellent. Yeah. I was happy. And mainly, but I reckon we should up. do the same. We just need a name for our our spot. Could be the G spot, maybe. Or oh, fee. You didn't talk Possibly. about that one before the show. I know. That's for after the live. <laughs> okay, segment. I think that's the end of the quarter, isn't it? <laughs> well, <and> okay. <laughs> So for quarter two, let's talk about the rising stars in round one. Nat, give it to I us. don't want to just jump right into the rising stars because there have been two nominations, but I've just done a little bit of research, as is my want, and I went back and had a look at the top 20 draft picks in last year's 
draft selection. And out of the top 20, 14 of those girls have got a game this in round one. So that I was wrapped by those stats. And I think out of the last six, uh, quite a few of them were um, injured or slight injuries, not quite ready for round one. And so it's only a couple who just weren't ready for, you know, top selection. So that's impressive. Um, I was in happy with that. Standouts, of course, um, the Friday night game, I think it was, uh, Lucy McAvoy uh, had 12 touches all up uh, and four really good strong tackles and a good efficiency. I thought, there you go, she's walking into the rising star, you know, at the end of the year. And then a few days later, we had Georgia uh, Petruchios for St Kilda, um, nailed it with 18 possessions and five tackles. Another standout for me was, um, I think it's uh, Amira Cameron from West Coast. She did really well. Uh, with plenty, she had seven tackles and a 54% efficiency. So that was impressive. And there was just yeah. another one, not a young kid, um, Lauren Arens for Gold Coast. She's 28 and has come from a touch football background. But um, she nailed it. She had 15, 15 possessions, had a good old run around and gave it a red hog crack. So uh, the two Rising Star nominations were both Lucy McAvoy for Colton and Georgia Petrukios. So they were standouts. Yeah. Do you have anything to add, I, The only thing for me, I think... Um, perhaps a slightly different take on our standout players is just to note uh, a couple of or several second-year players. You know, second year is always that testing point, but these young players that have really stood up very early in their second years. Um, Sabrina Duffy from Fremantle, we might talk about her a bit more in the podcast when we go through each of the games. But Sabrina had four goals and was really the difference, I think, between the two sides. That would be the margin, the winning margin. Yeah, really, that's right, it was too. Real standout player. Just, and she's only 19, yeah. I think it is she in her second about year. Thirty-seven, but <laughs> we I look mean just, that in a good just way. so composed, you know, and a goal scorer, but great ground level work as well. Uh, Mon Conti, we talked about a bit last week. She had a great game for Richmond in her second year, coming out of basketball as well. And Maddie Prespark, as always, of course, stands up. It seems like every game we could talk about her, but yeah, you know, those were three for me. Quite in a second head years. knock. Uh, she had a head knock in the first quarter and was really tagged quite tight. And she mm. went, I love this. Bring it on. Give me more. And just kept charging yeah, it on. Yeah, seems like great. nothing will stop her, doesn't no, it? No, I don't think so. And she made it up for the Giants game too. Spotted in the crowd. She was oh. in a washed denim jacket. Stonewashed. Stonewashed. It's, it's, it's back. Trace says it's back. Apparently it's back. I said it was daggy, but I've been informed that <laughs> and that's Trace what the young people are doing. <laughs> Isn't that great? We can play out when she's not here. John Farnham and Whispering Jack and all that. He hasn't talked retired. About last He's season. back too. <laughs> Okay, I think we might call that as the end of the quarter. So that's half time, which means it's hot in the huddle time. Newtown Breakaways pre-season, Women's AFLX Challenge. It's on the 15th of March at Henson Park. Woohoo! Red Joes close this Friday, the 14th of Feb. Happy Valentine's Day. The challenge is open to all divisions of Women's AFL Community Clubs, Prems, Div 1, two and three teams will play shortened AFLX modified games on on a rectangular pitch in a pooled format and are guaranteed a minimum of three games. The Women's Pre-Season Challenge was developed in response to a need for clubs to secure competitive pre-season trial games to test and promote players in a game environment that is beyond clubs' internal training. Go to newtownbreakaways.com for more info. You're listening to the Coat Hanger Football Radio on 2SER 107.3. Let's talk in Q3 about the players' pay. Mm. Now, it's a big one, isn't it? I mean, you know, how do we do this in a short segment and sort of really unpack what's in there? Um, 
a lot has been spoken about. We know this is an underlying issue. It's not going away in a hurry. Many media outlets have covered it in many ways. Um, the players have spoken about it at length. We know about the CBA negotiations with the players late last year and the pushback. Um, I guess for me, and I'm lifting from an article that Emma Carney, the captain of the Roos, wrote, I think it was in last Friday's Age, ahead of round one. And she spoke about wanting to push boundaries or wanting AFLW players broadly to start to really push boundaries in new ways. Um, Now, she touched on pushing boundaries in in lots of different ways, but what I read from the article is that she really was talking about the pay issue and she lifted from the example of tennis, which, you know, quite a long time ago now brought in equal pay for men and women. And I suppose it was a slightly coded kind of article, but the suggestion really was there that, you know, women deserve to be paid equally as equal to the men. um, And there's really no reason to think that they shouldn't be. So uh, look, for me, I guess where this is at, Nicole Livingston was speaking during the week and has done, you know, many ways and, and her colleagues too about we're growing the game, you know, this expanding kind of go with us. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, it, we need you to jump on board. Um, and that's well and good. And there's absolutely no question that it is growing. We're still waiting on four teams to come in, you know, quite literally is growing. What I want to know though, is have they got a vision for where this growth finishes? What is the, what is the end point of that growth? And if that vision is clear to them, does that look like, something that's commensurate with the men, equal pay, equal access to resources, you know, something that's in in line with what the men receive. Is there an end point? I don't know if they know where the end point is. I guess 18 clubs, so every established club has got a women's team. I think that's where they're going. Uh, someone like, say, the Swans, they want a women's team, but they haven't got the facilities for them at the moment. So they can't just suddenly, you know, click their fingers and make it happen. Um, look, I... Yes, baby steps and everyone wants big giant leaps, but sometimes as long as it's always little steps forward and not back or half-assed steps, I don't particularly think there is a giant problem either. We're on TV. The girls are getting paid. You ask any of the players, would they be still playing if they weren't getting paid? Yes, they probably would, but they do need to be recognised for their talent and the skill and the time mm. they've made up. It's, mm. it's you know... That argument, though, is used a lot in all kinds of usually women's professions, helping professions, teaching, saying you do it for the love of it. So really I don't need to pay you very much for you to do it because you love it. Um, so the what I really liked now, I've lost track of which article it was in, but Mo Hope was quoted as saying something like, you can criticise me like a full-time player when I am a full-time player and I'm paid at the rate of a full-time player. Mm. And I thought that was... A really nice little punchy comment to. But I agree the people with that. who are probably whinging and complaining are going to whinge and complain whether it's full time, part time, on TV, thousands of dollars, you know, into the coffers every week. They're going to whinge. The haters are going to hate. And so yep. the people who are having yep. the biggest vocal whinge about everything about women's AFL, it's been pretty intense the last couple of weeks, truthfully. Um, don't watch it. Bugger off, guys. <laughs> you know, yeah. leave it to those who do love it and let us just try and build it. I always yeah. have a don't read the comments policy too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I look, I think 
if it's about you personally, I think that's probably sensible. If you're trying to just stay on track and have the right mindset, you can't you can't be looking at feedback. So, yeah. so Em, you had a conversation with Emma Khan. I did, didn't yeah. You? I had a bit of a chat. Tell us a bit about that. <laughs> I did have a chat with Em today, just lifting a little bit from her article. You know, I like the point or several points she makes in her piece, but one that I love is that she says the players deserve this opportunity that they have at the moment. And she says, now that we have it, We need to be the ones driving social change and along with other women in other professions, having the confidence to ask for better pay and working conditions. So I asked her if she thought there was a bit of a lack of confidence with some AFLW players in really asking for what they wanted. And she did indicate that there is, um, you know, I think she's fairly gentle and careful in how she spoke about this, but she indicated that there was and sort of extended that to um, society broadly, you know, that there are, there is an issue with women feeling confident enough to ask for what they need, you know, and, and to speak for what they're worth. Well, especially with younger players coming through, I remember noting that when the CBA went back to the players, it was with all the new young players players who were asked to vote on this, which was probably correct, but I thought it was interesting timing because a lot of those were younger um, kids who just would have been really intimidated by the process yep. and just Emma um, actually said as much too. Down. Yeah, look, she said that the, those young players particularly felt like they were going to miss out on their season. Yeah, you know, the season yeah, was would the be threat, delayed, or it, it was. Yeah, you know, but you it, can't ask <clears throat> some players their opinion and not others. If you're asking players what they want, it's every single player, and then yep. majority rules. Mm-hmm. And that happened, didn't it? The senior players who were the union reps or the club reps, they were the ones standing up for first-year players and their base wage. That was where it all began, didn't it? That was part of their talks that were being held up, that they weren't just playing for $3,000 or whatever it was. They were getting a lot more. So, yeah, so, I, I yeah, I, I think we're in a good place. Everyone wants more, and I understand that. Um, I'm just... Look, I don't know. I'm old school probably. I'm just wrapped <laughs> it's on TV. Maybe I'd yeah. never demanded or expected it. In fact, when I was playing many years ago... My son came to his first five years of his life. He came to my games and watched me and the women play Mm. and was in the huddle, all that sort of stuff. And (laughs) he said to me one day when he's old enough to talk and was at home, he said, why aren't you watching the women on TV? I was watching, you know, Collingwood. And I said, oh, the women aren't on TV. And he he went, why? And I thought, "Hmm, good point, young man. So out of the mouths (laughs) of the babes. So, yeah. So one of the things uh, that I think hasn't been considered, um, and Emma might have mentioned this, is that if they're not tier one players, so they're not on the highest level of pay um, and they're having to work to pay the bills, then they're taking leave without pay from that job so they can devote their time to footy, that second job is um, is taxed at a higher rate. Mm. You know, these are the actual mm. tax financial implications here yeah it's not a lot of money that these players are getting by on and again i keep saying they need for this to work they require the support of a partner or family yep and that's that's very sexist absolutely look emma didn't talk about that directly but um you know i think you raise a really important point fee and i like the idea of thinking about these players having a living wage you know and these are staff members of the afl like any other staff member of the afl and I just use the example of, you know, an analogy, I suppose, if you had uh, a a kid or a friend of yours perhaps that, uh, you know, wanted to work at McDonald's who walked in and got a job as a a woman or a girl and said, I'm, you know, I'm going to work here. And they said, well, sure, but you're going to be on the women's pay scale. It's half the rate of the men. Same job, you know, half the rate. How do you feel about that? Take it or leave it. And you'll be clean. And that's the the analogy, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah food so, for thought. look, you know, I know it's it's a big one. Um, it probably needs a much longer discussion, and you know, but it isn't going away. And I think um, we can't ignore this kind of thing. And I like to raise the conversation about it. Yep. And Fair so enough. we'll hear from Emma uh, in that interview you did with her um, in the fifth quarter in our pod. Is that your segment, Emma Talks to Emma? Like chat with Nat? Are you ready to go to interview Emma's? Eminem. <laughs> Very I good. I love it. <laughs> did you see him at the, uh, was it the Grammys? What was on last night? The Oscars. Eminem played some. I saw something. that. He was good. I was rocking along on my couch watching. Okay, that's the end of the quarter. <laughs> All right, quarter four. Let's talk round one surprises and highlights. Well, I loved the fact that in round one, for the first time, GWS and the Pies got a win. That's big news. I'm very excited for them, and I'm going to be interested to watch how that cha- how that transforms them as their individual clubs and what it means for them for the rest of the season. Well, I think they're going to lift like there's it nothing else. It means they're still in the finals race, whereas yeah. you lose round one and it can be your whole season. So, you know, they're laughing. I can't say I'm all that excited about Collingwood winning ever, <laughs> uh, but very much of GWS getting over the line. It's funny how the mind works because I forgot that Collingwood ended up at the bottom of the ladder. In my mind, they were in finals contention all last year. You forget these things. So I'm mm. wrapped. Yeah. You know, we're still up. Looking good. Um, my surprise for the opening round was probably Brisbane winning emphatically. They looked terrific. Yeah, they lost, to up, they <laughs> lost so many players. Sam Virgo, Leah Kassler, Sabrina Frederick, um, Kate McCartney as the senior players. There are also some young kids who left too. They looked so good. They kicked goals. All their senior players uh, who stayed, they were terrific yesterday. Uh, the ones you expect, Captain Zilke, Lauren Arnell kicked two goals. She was terrific. Mm. Uh, Ali Anderson, uh, Kate Luckins. I think that's Kate. Is that right? Not yeah, making it up? Right. It's not a sister. That's her. (laughs) Um, But the young debutantes all did really well. The first two goals were kicked by um, rookies, new kids. So that, like, if they're, how much confidence do you get from that when you kick a goal in the opening quarter? You're laughing for the rest of the game. So well done to them. And I was just going to say, Jess Wushner, her precision kicking, she Mm. nailed the running forwards a number of times. One of the best kicks in the game, I reckon. Mm. So kudos to her and well done. Well, my surprise from that game, aside from Brisbane winning, was uh, Anne Hatchard. You know, maybe Adelaide had a bit of a premiership hangover. She certainly did not. 35 touches, I think, is a league record. Yeah, I think it's a record. So it was Brisbane versus Anne, was it? It pretty much was. Yep, yep. And I think um, we throw back to the captains in the week leading up to round one, uh, got to, you know, an anonymous survey on who they thought was going to win the premiership and the best and fairest. And I think it was three of them that chose Hatchard to win the best and fairest. So... Well on track. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the absence of, of um, the obvious big two as well, Randall and um, uh, Phillips. Eh, thank you. That's my name. I just couldn't think of it. <laughs> How quickly you forget. Yeah, flipper. <laughs> Should know. <laughs> um, and just in other news was the tribunal. Yeah. Uh, there were three reports, and if these three players accept the reprimand, they'll, they can, with an early guilty plea, they can just get away and with. A reprimand. That's oh, what I'm right. trying to say. Okay, right. Uh, so you're looking at um, Gold Coast Ruck, um, Lauren Bella, uh, Western Bulldogs, Hannah Scott, and St Kilda's Tilly Lucas Rod. They all had varying degrees of um, charges for you know unruly rough play or a uh, bit careless things like that. So yeah. uh, I imagine they'll all be out there next week and injuries. Oh, yeah, three ACLs, for, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's not because they're women or playing football. It's just 
injuries playing mm. football on women. <laughs> so have we got the, the list? Uh, of yeah, we had uh, Fremantle's Steph Kahn, Kane, sorry, uh, West Coast Ashton Hill and St Kilda's arm Nadia von Bertuch. And I'm surprised that she wasn't stretched off the quarter earlier when she had a massive hit by uh, Hannah Scott earlier. And that's not the one Hannah Scott got reported for either. Oh. It was a beauty <laughs> right. on the boundary line, just clapped. The best clash ever. Mm. And there's one of the camera angles, if you get to have a look, where it shows the crowd right there on the boundary line. And there were just hands to mouths, like shock horror. At the, the, they both got up and ran away. It was fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, but no more for her. So, yeah, that's that's it. All right. Well, that's it of the bad ones. Because I think Brie Davey, she's talking about being back for playing against her old club. But Yeah, we'll apparently see. it was not a break. And it wasn't yeah, an ACL. It was hard in mouth, so. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, one of the things that I thought was a bit unnecessary was – um, a lot of the commentators were saying, oh, this is going to be different, isn't it, with Bree wearing the Collingwood jumper, the Collingwood Guernsey, and, oh, it's going to be different for her. And No, it wasn't. She's played an entire, an entire winter season with a VFLW team. And if those commentators had been paying attention, they would have known that. So it actually wasn't new for Carlton to see her in um, that uniform. It wasn't new for her to be in the uniform, and it wasn't new for her to be in that team in a, a fundamental part of that well, of of the um play and the success of that team and it wasn't new for her to be on crutches at the end of the game <laughs> <It wasn't laughs> afterwards at the opening round too against gws oh, boom, boom. but anyway hopefully well done, she'll be right and we don't lose her for more than we look at that she's one of mine calling her plays now <laughs> fair enough <laughs> yeah. all right let's wrap that up then so your match Sydney Siders who want to support your Sydney team, GWS. It's um, this Saturday, the 15th of February, GWS versus North. Uh, it's at 3.10pm. Uh, now, you can live stream that or you can turn up to the Salisbury who have promised to show every single AFLW game. That's Salisbury so, Hotel in Stanmore. That's correct. Thank you for just filling that in now. Not that I know. Every pub in Sydney. Do you frequent there? <laughs> I was there on Friday. They're very supportive of the Newtown Breakaways and of women's footy. So we like them a lot. So make sure you tune in and you can access the fifth quarter, our podcast section. That'll be available on Wooshka or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. So this is the Coat Hanger Football Radio Show. Join us every Tuesday, 7pm on 2SER 107.3. And our podcast content, as I mentioned. Follow us on socials, please, on Twitter, Insta and Facebook. Now, on Facebook, we're waiting for them to agree to our request to change our name to The Coat Hanger. So don't be distressed if you see it says GWS Podcast. Um, we're still trying to prove to them that we are the same people and we're still doing footy content. So Yeah, they think we're dodgy, don't they? We changed <laughs> the name and something why. shifty is going on. Like a gang, the Coat Hanger gang or something like yeah. that. So for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune, tune in to, to the, the Coat, coat Hanger. Okay, so we're in the fifth quarter, our podcast section of this show. So let's review the other six games. Uh, so let's start with uh, Richmond versus Richmond Tigers versus the Blues. Mm. <laughs> that was. Uh, it didn't get the crowd they were expecting, did it? They were looking now, for a lockout. I heard tell that in fact it was the Blues who were absent. I wasn't oh. there. So actually, Co- Coach Key was there. Was there, and I should have asked her to confirm that, but. Um, it has been said that there were lots of Richmond Tigers supporters, but not Blues. And I think um, 
I really hope next year they ticket it even if it's free mm. just so people um, can be guaranteed a spot. Now, what you might not think about um, is that this non-ticketing, whilst it seems attractive to um, some of us, think about if you have a disability, what that means if you – so if you need accessible entry to a venue, you need to know where you're going to be – and you need a guaranteed spot. So you're not going to line up from 4pm in the hope of getting in at 6pm or whenever they open the open the gates for a 7.30 or 7.45 game. You're just not going to. So it actually, um, it actually I believe it's preventing people from, from turning up. And so when you have a ticket, whether or not you've paid for it, if you have a ticket, you know you've got a spot in that ground and the experience of being locked out or even the anxiety of uh, lining up and getting getting in but being the last few in was what people wanted to avoid I think and they they've stayed away in droves that's my take and the weather anyway. wasn't an issue at all either not in was Melbourne. it no not in not Melbourne for that no. game it actually looked pretty good and as a result I felt like the kid, uh, the playing conditions were brilliant everyone Handled the ball nicely, unlike you know a couple of the other games where the wind or the rain was an issue. Uh, yeah. I was just so sure that the Tigers were come were going to come out um, roaring, and they were a little meow. They were a whimper. Yes, they, they really roared. Do you think? What's that? Sorry, overall, I think so. I mean, we do have to remember that two thirds of their list has never played an AFLW game, and they really <laughs> are relying incredibly heavily on their big four signings, mm. um, and not all of those much. four showed up necessarily to their mm. fullest capacity either. So And look, it was very scrappy to begin with. I think the first half was really rough watching and then Carlton sort of opened it up when they found their measure and, you know, f- found themselves in a bit of a rhythm. But, uh, you know, to Richmond uh, have a long way to go, I think. Yeah. I think, um, like, positives for Richmond uh, would have been that they won the last quarter. So that's hmm. a nice way to finish the game. Uh, Phoebe Minahan, ex... XGWS. Giant girl, yeah. yeah. She was terrific. The score could have been anything if it wasn't for her. Uh, mm. it, her and um, uh, I think her name's Akek Makua Shuit. Yeah, wasn't she fabulous? Oh, she was unreal. Number 34. She was unreal. Did you hear she's she's got number 34 because she's got 34 siblings or half-siblings. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, she's so, a pleasure to watch. Uh, she she was, the, the, the two of them down back. The two of them down back, her and Phoebe, stopped. So, like, who knows what the score could have been if it wasn't for them. Mm. So I was wrapped with them. Uh, and the other highlight was probably not so much uh, Lucy McAvoy's um, possessions or her running around looking terrific, but when she out, outmarked Tessarero, who was on like a missile, like ready to clean her up on this charge, and she just took the mark and kept playing. It was fantastic. Mm. So uh, that was a highlight out of the game for yeah, me too. Yeah, great stuff. So I was – I. Oh, I was so sad for St Kilda. I really, really expected them to dominate. Why the soft um, spot for St Kilda, Fee? I don't know. Just like them. Just because. <laughs> just because. <laughs> just because, uh, well, uh, shout out to Becca Hain. Some people have just been so desperately, um, to desperate waiting for St Kilda to have a women's team. So here it was the moment. And uh, I just thought that with Peter Sell's coaching, um, and with impressive players, that they were really going to going to be the winners. Well, I think they've got a winner in their uh, Georgia Petrukios. We mentioned mm. her earlier. She was fantastic. She was so good. So if she's the best thing that came out of round one, they're going okay. And you're right, Peter Sell to me is someone that they'll all get around. Her experience and knowledge is something they're just going to soak up like little sponges. And I think 
round two, another game, and they'll all get a go. Uh, so I think uh, Jessica Sedenry, ex-Frio, I think she is. She was strong and feisty. She was pretty good for St Kilda, if you're looking for an up. And the other up for them is that beautiful Moorabbin ground they were playing on. Well, so. they had they actually had a lockout there, didn't they? They, they did. a crowd of about 8,000, but at half time they were still banked up around the outside. So I think... Uh, so Kiwi got there at halftime and she got in, got in but okay. she took photos photo of, that... of the crowd. Right. And you're right, it was a lockout. So um, I don't know, was it 6,000, 3,000? I'm not sure what the actual the capacity the, was. They but... say 8,000. So 8,000. That's yeah, correct. Right. But, yeah. um, uh, Bulldogs, though, looking good. Oh, yeah. yeah they have a number great. of standouts, don't they? I mean, they're, yeah. they're slick. I went, um, I nicked down to the bottle shop between games and by the time I came back, <laughs> Western Bulldogs had kicked... A bigger score than the goal, uh, the GWS Gold Coast game. So I wasn't going for very long. Their first three goals came in in you know ten minutes, wasn't it? They were um, they were pretty good, and a couple yeah. of newbies at the beginning too, kicking goals. So that was good. Mm. Blackberry in the usual form. Bonnie too good in great form. <gasps> Is that good? just not the best name oh, in the game? She lives up to it as well. She does. She looks. Yeah. She's grown in just two years. She looks like a different player already. Mm. She she looks fit and healthy and confident too. And yeah. uh, young Izzy Huntington suffered a concussion. Oh, did she? I yeah. missed that. And she was playing down back. That was the other thing that threw me. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> gone from a knee injury to a concussion. I'm looking forward to her hitting her stride when she's fully fit. But shout out to Izzy. Hope you're okay. Mm. Uh, and so West Coast Eagles versus Collingwood. Well, that was a surprise too, to me. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> I went for West, talking about? I went for West Coast. <laughs> More um, for you. Yeah, Collingwood were just great. And, oh, Shani Layton. So I was saying earlier <laughs> that um, when Shani lined up for that goal, I was 100% sure she would get it, that she wouldn't get the wobblies. There wouldn't be Chewy on a boot because she had been practising like nobody's business, her goal kicking. So I had I had every confidence that she was going to get it. I'm so pleased she did. It was such a great celebration. It and, was. And everyone was pretty generally yep. happy for her. <laughs> um, my highlight for that game was probably um, the Collingwood back line. They were terrific. Um, Ash Brazel, as always, Livingston, and I'm um, Alana Porter, the new new kid, all running around and just holding their own and th- uh, thwarting all the attacks. Yes, yeah, Stacey Livingston is a really strong um, defender. She's also got a bit of lip. She gives a lot of lip. So if you happen to be behind the goalpost, it's quite entertaining to hear what she's saying to the players. Good Can you share day. anything with us, Fee, or perhaps not? Um, no. <laughs> We're not live anymore. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Um, the other thing, thing I loved about that game, I watched that on TV, and I thought, oh, that's a quality commentary team they had. They had uh, Anthony Hudson, Kelly Underwood, Brad Johnson, and Sarah Jones running the boundary line. Mm. And we had Sam Lane doing the boundary, or the on-field run around as well. Uh during the game the day before. Like, we're getting the best commentary team and we're getting the best umpires too at the moment. They've introduced yep. uh, all the uh, top-line AFL M's umpires into our the women's game. So I'm happy to see that. We're lifting the standard on all levels, I reckon, in this season four. Yeah, great. Um, we've spoken about Collingwood, but just a quick one for Emma Swanson, leading the Eagles very well, or uh, captaining the Eagles, of course, and um, Dana Hooker as yes, well. Definitely. Just a, she's just an out-and-out superstar hooker. Yeah, just a joy to watch. No, That's all good. I have to say about uh, the Eagles. Probably Mackenzie Derrick. She had a good game uh, and uh, high seventy percent efficiency with her possessions. And Maddie Collier, she came across as well mm. with Emma. So the two of them, I probably their first quarter, they set set up a lot of the play. They they did look good at the beginning, especially. Mm. So good luck to them all next week. Yeah.
All right, North Melbourne versus Demons. Well, mm. this is another surprise. Oh, dear. Can I just say at this point I did tip Melbourne in a fit of something. I don't know. <laughs> Fear, <laughs> perhaps. She, she tipped against her own team. I know, isn't that shocking? Mm. Um, bit of a surprise, isn't it, North losing? It's something else that Emma Carney said today was that there has been quite a lot of hype in Melbourne about them being flag favourites, and she thought that perhaps a lot of the young players had become a bit overwhelmed by that. Hmm. So in a sense, not the worst thing for North to lose that one and get a bit of ground again. Um, in saying that, you know, they probably should have got it, really. I think they've probably got the, the cattle on the park, as they say. <laughs> but not to take away from Melbourne, you know, they were, they were fiery right from the outset and just skillful. You know, they hit targets beautifully all day. And in mm. also, we talked about GWS conditions being terrible. Melbourne had uh, no rain, but really blustery, sort of, I think, hot, late, you know, high 20s, very, very strong winds. Um, and they, she said that it was very difficult for them to play on both sides, of course. But Yeah, it was it was blow-you-over type. Yeah, it really was. Wind, yeah. And you drop the ball onto your boot and it sort of moves out of your hand with the wind. Right. Yeah. It was, um, I was surprised that the Kangaroos didn't win. Their, through their players, um, Emma Carney was terrific, Jazz Gardner and um, Ashley um, mm. Riddell, they, they were the leading possession getters across the ground. Uh, yet Melbourne, it was probably just the last quarter where they broke. Well, it was even at half time and three-quarter time, wasn't it? So it was that last 20 minutes of play that – did they have the wind at the end? Was it Melbourne's end with the wind? I can't, I can't remember, remember either, actually. But, look, it was a tight game. It was probably good to have a tight game that wasn't just one goal each as well. It was, uh, two points in it, was that right? Uh, no, yeah. it actually... Oh, sorry, no, yeah, 22-20, right. right. mm. yeah, right. Yeah. It was two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think also noteworthy that obviously Mo Hope was sort of moved on from North Melbourne last year having topped their goal kicking. And Emma King's been the big talking point for them moving forward, a super tall, out of the ruck, um, you know, as a target up there. And was, prese you know, presented well, but didn't really bust the game open in any way that they might have hoped she would. Mm. So perhaps they did miss Mo as a goal scorer. Yeah. Jazz Garner, though, she's one of my all-time favourite players. Yeah, she's a goodie, ex-Collingwood, just remind you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Crows versus Lions. Well, we did say a little about, about this earlier. Um, I was surprised. I thought Crows would win. Oh, we all did. I think we all picked them in the tips last week. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm blown away. Couldn't believe it. They couldn't get their hands on it, Adelaide, could they? So uh, shout out to Pethy, our friend... Um, in Brisbane, who just wanted to say, just remember, you know, don't write us off. Don't write the lines off. So, yes, tip of the hat to you and your baby son, Bossy. He's forgiven me, apparently, so I'm pleased about that. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. talk, last of all, Geelong Cats versus Fremantle Dockers. Well, we heard the air raid siren and, uh, yeah, Geelong, gone. As you said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Written them off already, well, you, have you? you? Well, you did. You well, said goodbye. Well, yeah, because because of <laughs> Meg, Meg. McDonald. I, you mm. know, I was on the money, wasn't I? Um, Sabrina Duffy was the mm. star, and we did mention her before, how well, mm. well she played, and she was a difference. Another game that was affected by the weather, swirly winds, uh, depending on which end you were kicking to as to whether you probably had, had uh, you know, control of the game. Um, what about... Rocky, Rocky Cranston, Cranston, sorry, Cranston. Yeah. Her goal, the running goal, the team yeah, end to end. Great. How good was that? That was yeah. so good. Is that the one run... that she handballed in front of herself? And yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, had a bounce had and the, then a handball yeah, yeah. as she's about to get tackled. Said, had the audacity to yeah. handball yeah. to herself. Bounce back into one arm. And to be able to kick straight when you're running full pelt, really difficult. So that was impressive. That was yeah. that was that was a highlight. She um, played a lot in the ruck in the last quarter too. 
Uh, is that something she normally does? I don't know. Yeah, no, she was certainly doing the tap outs and yeah. Uh, yeah, the rucking in that last quarter. Fantastic. So, so well done, Frio. Standout players for Frio. Duffy, full oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Rue was very good. I think she's new with them. Um, Kiara Bowers, of course. I mean, she's going to be another who pops up every week, but she was named as their best on. Yep. Uh, oh, Roxy Rue, new kid. Yep. She played well, got a goal, big booming kick, tall, strong. Yeah. I thought I thought that was a nickname, and I thought that's a, that's taking a little bit of uh, license, isn't it? <laughs> AFL women saying, good on you, Roxy Rue. And then I realised it's her name. Her name. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. All right, let's move on. So now it's time to collect our tips. So let's start. This is in chronological order, just so that I can keep my mind. So Bulldogs versus Melbourne Demons. Oh, I'm going to go Bulldogs. I want them to put the Ds in their place. What do you reckon, Em? Yeah, I feel exactly the same way, Fee. Bulldogs for me. Go Doggies. Yeah, Western Bulldogs again. All right. North Melbourne Kangas versus GWS Giants. I'm going for the Giants and you can't stop me. <laughs> I've got to go for my own mob this week. North yeah, Melbourne yeah, in Tassie do. and a home ground. Home ground advantage down south. Home schmoes all the way. Honestly. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> yeah, look, North Melbourne. Sorry, Giants. Yeah, okay. I hope you eat your words next week. Gold Coast Suns versus Richmond Tigers. Oh, um, Two of the newbies. Mm. So they get, one of them is going to get their first win, so that's yeah. good. I'm going to go for the Suns. I just want them to really soar and burn those lions. Mm. <laughs> With brightness. Tigers. With brightness. <laughs> Sunburn. But they better wear their zinc. <laughs> that's it. That's right. Uh, I also... I'm choosing the Gold Coast Suns. I think they were pretty good against the Giants last mm-hmm. week. And I've, of all the newbies, I reckon they're my pick at the moment. I think the Tigers will be highly embarrassed at their performance last week and they'll come out really fighting, especially those senior players who didn't really lead by example. All right. We'll have to wait and see. West Coast Eagles versus Fremantle. This is the derby. Hmm. It's got to be Freo all the way, doesn't it? After Do you reckon? Their, I think after their performance this weekend, on a roll. last weekend, and on a roll, they've just... With you know, experienced, been playing together at that level a bit longer. Yeah, West Coast I'm, will come out firing in the West, of course, in the big yeah. derby. But I oh, free, free, for, free gonna, for me easily. Actually, I'm going to go for West Coast. Uh, thinking of Emma Swanson and um, Maddie Collier. That's why <laughs> you can do that. Your heart, not your head. It's always my heart, not my head. <laughs> Frio, Frio, Frio. Yep. Okay. Cats versus Lions. Mm. Well, I think I should go for Lions. On the grounds that... Pethy won't talk to me. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good reason. And I won't get a cuddle from Bossy when I see him next. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't have such things pulling at my heartstrings. So Geelong, I think. Yeah? I think. They got done last week. They'll be fired up too. And Brisbane travelling... To Melbourne and then out to Geelong. It's just an ugly trip. Oh, it's so far. It's Those a long poor way. girls. I mean, you get in two hours. Where, where are we going to look after these players? Bus. They're travelling so far. How That's do we right. expect them to win going all the way down to Geelong? <laughs> it will be Brisbane on their form last week. Mm. Uh, where are they playing? Is it Cardinia Park nice yeah, and easy or is it going to be yeah, in your Cardinia silly bloody... 
I think it's down there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Cadmia Park. Avalon Park. We'll That's right. Oh, we had Avalon some trouble Park. with that last year. Didn't we? We're not That's going there. Next Avalon. game will be match of the round. Carlton Blues versus Traditional rivals. Carlton Blues. You know what? I really, I just go, I pfft. That's what I say to that rivalry, pff, because that's from the men's game. Oh, mm. double forks. Come on. <laughs> they hate each other. And I no, say Collingwood will smash them into the ground. They actually, well, I mean, they're, they're, well, that was what I observed when Carlton played Collingwood um, in the VFLW. That was when uh, Stacey Livingston and her uh, sledging got a full workout. And there was that was actually their the game when... Darcy Vessio and Bree had a head clash. There was nothing malicious in it at all, but they were both really badly injured. Bree had stitches under her eye. Um, so that it was a full-on clash and there was a lot of – there was actually a lot of aggression in that game. So maybe they are now bitter rivals because Collingwood She's has Bree. the light. But that's, that's genuine. I, I just – I found it a bit annoying that this traditional rival thing had to be grabbed from the men's game when we have a very good rivalry that's just natural by geography and that's Melbourne versus Sydney. Mm. Fair anyway. enough, Well said. <laughs> so – who are we going for? So I'm going to go for magpies. After all that. <laughs> oh, God. thought we were going to have our own bloody rivalry. I'd forgotten the game we, we were talking about. I know. Blues Moving on. Blues pies. Did you choose someone? Not yet. Uh, Blues versus pies. Oh, gee. This is going to be a really close game, I think. Uh, Carlton just. Nope. Pies. Just because I had to choose someone. And lastly, Crows versus St Kilda. Come on, St Kilda. Oh, when the Saints. Come on. Go marching in. Oh, when did, come on! I thought we were going to do a round then. It's not thanks, my song. thanks, not girls. My team. You know, if you ever go to New Orleans and go to one of the big band places, there's a place called Preservation Hall, and they they have a brass band. There's no drinks. There's no food. I'm not you going. Sit down on the floor and you listen to music. So there's a sign on the wall. It says, "Requests five dollars. The Saints ten dollars." <laughs> of course. <laughs> did you request it? No, no way. <laughs> Uh, is everyone going for the Saints? Is that we? No, no crows, I think same thing. They'll be embarrassed at, oh, okay. at home. Right. They're going to have to uh, lift their game. They all were right. Are we all done? All I finished. All done, all finished. Last comments, peeps. For the best harbour views in women's footy, tune, tune in to, to the, the coat, coat hanger. hanger. Got Phillips on board bow, for that bow, one. Bow, <laughs> bow, 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 <laughs> bow, oh, when bow, the Saints bow. got marching in now. <laughs> 